Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. Welcome to the Service Legend Podcast, a show for home service business owners who are looking to dominate their market and see more profit, more freedom, and more impact from their services. Hey, I'm your host, Ryan Davis, CEO and founder at Service Legend and Cardinal Concrete Coating. Each episode, I'll be interviewing home service legends, industry experts, coaches, consultants, software companies, and a whole lot more. See you guys on the podcast. Well, happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Service Legend podcast. Um, We normally have these live episodes on Tuesday, but we made an exception for an exceptional uh, guest. And I have a treat for you guys today. Um, Chris Martinez, welcome to the show, man. Thank you so much. And thanks for making that exception for me. Um, I think we were supposed to go live yesterday, but something happened. So yeah, that was my fault. Everybody's being a little flexible. That's fine. (laughs) I'm I'm stoked to be here. Yeah, man. Um, For those of you that don't know Chris, um, he's in a slightly different uh, space, but we're honored to have um, the entrepreneurial trailblazer, Chris Martinez, the CEO and founder of dudeagency.io with a remarkable journey propelling his agency from ground zero to multiple seven figures. Chris is not just a business leader, but he is a visionary dedicated to empowering fellow entrepreneurs, which I love that about you because you, you know, obviously in the agency space, coaching agencies and, 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 and a number of other things, but I really do feel like every time I've 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 spoken to you or um, in the topics that you do talk about and that you're passionate about really are so relatable to home service business owners and um, so if you guys are listening and you are a home service business business owner and not an agency owner stay tuned in um, and sign and find something that you can relate with um, but Chris that's our version of who you are if you could just give us a little bit of kind of lay of the land. Um, maybe a slight origin story and kind of kind of bring us up to maybe the current time present. Yeah. <clears throat> well, the origin story, we're going to unpack. I'm sure we're going to unpack some of it anyways, but uh, I'm originally from Los Angeles, California. Um, and see, I got my start. My, well, my very first business was in 2007. So my dad got pancreatic cancer the end of 2006. And then he died uh, January 2007, three days before my 27th birthday. And then that same year, I decided I wanted to start my first business, which was a soccer magazine. Didn't know anything about print publishing. I love soccer. I've been playing for almost 40 years now. I was like, you know, I'm going to take this passion project. I'm going to make millions. And uh, long story short, that didn't work out. I lost all my money and a bunch more. Kind of had to restart with nothing. And then eventually got into marketing. So I, I actually I take a step back. I, I started getting into marketing. Then I started learning about web design and development, taught myself how to build a website. I'm not like a, I've never been a technical person. So taught myself how to build websites, then started learning about marketing and how to drive traffic um, to those websites. Digital marketing is what we call it now. And then I started working for a um, PPC company, company that did lead generation through Google ads. And I was a salesperson with them. 
and then I became a, and, and then I started my agencies and then I was moonlighting for a year and uh, eventually took on another role as a head of advertising for a couple of news, newspapers and then left that and became, actually I shouldn't say left that, um, they were downsizing at the newspaper so I got let go and then I, that was the sign that I needed to, to do my marketing agency full time. So I did that and then in 2015, I was one of the first people to start outsourcing work to Mexico, design and development work. So uh, building out websites and landing pages and doing social media marketing and stuff like that. <clears throat> so I ended up setting up a company in Mexico, which was very rare and very, very difficult. And then 2017, I said, hey, you know what? Instead of working with all these small businesses doing the marketing agency, what if I help these marketing agencies get access to this untapped talent pool in Mexico? And so that started and that business blew up pretty, pretty quickly. And um, then we started working with marketing agencies all around the United States um, and Canada. We have team members all throughout Latin America. Um, and then most recently, we've kind of shifted away from the outsourcing. So we still have a bunch of outsourcing clients, but we haven't taken on any new ones. And we do consulting. And so there's three main things that we do for uh, for agencies, marketing agencies now is uh, strategic advising. So we work with their leadership team as well as the CEO. We advise them on how to grow the business. We, how to, we advise them on how to improve their margins. If they want to get ready for a sale, we help them with that as well. Um, the next one is operations optimization. So creating uh, SOPs, uh, creating more efficiency inside of the business. Um, basically just tweaking things so that everything flows according to plan and the, the owner doesn't have to be involved in everything. And then the third aspect of the, of that is, uh, ongoing support. So anything that they need, any questions that pop up along the way, they can just reach out to us. And then we have events that we do as well. So that's essentially what we're doing now. Um, it's been a crazy journey. You know, I started in the marketing agency business in 2012. So it's been going on 12 years. And my, you know, I started being an entrepreneur. I think with the failed new, um, with the failed magazine, in 2017. So that's what, 16 years. <laughs> so that's yeah. That's uh, you ask all the questions you want, <clears throat> and I can because <laughs> there's so many stories that I can tell you. Yeah, I love it, man. Um, the interesting thing that's consistent across anybody that I've spoken to that's been on the podcast, they have that similar story. You know, as a as a as an entrepreneur, um, the lessons, the failures, um, the mistakes, um, trying you know this thing and that thing and this thing and that thing and this thing and that thing, and then going back to this thing and then doing that thing, and it's just this constant uh, story that we hear um, on on the show. Um, I want to go into the coaching a little bit um, because coaching is getting really big in concrete coatings and mm -hmm. in painting. Um, I think it's been pretty big in other trades like um, HVAC, plumbing, roofing, mm -hmm. um, things like that. But um, there are some industries that really haven't gone through um, what Nick Slavic, he's the chair of the PCA, he calls it, um, well, actually it's Jason Paris calls it um, the renaissance of professionalization in, in these industries. It hasn't oh, really yeah. happened as, but the coaching aspect, um, how important do you think coaching is? for an entrepreneur to get coached, to have somebody in the corner, um, things like yeah, that. Yeah, this, this is kind of a layup question. So it's incredibly important to have some sort of an advisor. And, um, you know, me growing up, I didn't really have any entrepreneur. My dad wasn't an entrepreneur. Um, well, 
let me rephrase that. He had a business, but looking back, he was not mm. an entrepreneur. Mm. We can talk about the differences later, but um, I didn't really have any mentors growing up that could show me entrepreneurship. And so like, that's a huge advantage that you have where you might not necessarily consider that parent or that close relative or that close family friend. You, you might not consider them a, a, a coach or a mentor, but they were because growing up, you get to see like, oh, they get up, like they have to work weekends. They're going out on sales calls, you know, like they're doing all these things that are entrepreneurial. You learn that just by watching as you're growing up. So if you didn't have that, like me, then you have to go out and you have to find somebody that can show you the ropes and kind of help you from making mistakes. You're going to make mistakes, but um, you can make fewer mistakes if you have somebody that you can reach out to who's kind of gone through the things that you that you're going to encounter. And you're never going to find somebody who has done everything that you want to do in the market that you're in, in the location that you're in. There's always going to be slight nuances. And that's where your problem solving has to come in. But just being able to pick up the phone and call somebody like Ryan, I'm sure you like you've made a ton of mistakes this year, just like I have. Imagine if you could go back in time and just pick up the phone and call somebody and be like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? And then they're like, oh, God, no, do not do that. Right. <laughs> would have saved you tens of thousands of dollars, probably maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. and a lot of pain and heartache. Right. Because like what happens yeah. is when you start making a lot of these mistakes, you start to lose your confidence hmm. and then you then you might be making even worse mistakes. So there's a cost, a, a cost that's even bigger than the financial. It's it, it's your inability to make good decisions uh, when you continue to make mistakes, right? You want to get on this momentum roll of making good decisions, then you feel better and then you can start thinking about bigger picture things and stuff like that. So, I mean, as I was saying, this is a layup question. Like everybody needs to have a consultant, mentor, or coach that they can reach out to who can help guide them as to where they want to go. Yeah, I mean, I love that. Make make fewer mistakes. Um, and I like what you touched on too, because uh, it's like that concept, um, Ed Milet, um, I heard him first say this, where he says, um, you know, he, you know, he was in an interview where he was, where he was talking about um, confidence and someone mm -hmm. was talking about, you know, how are you so confident? And he was like, well, actually I'm not that confident naturally. I'm, I'm, I'm actually an, uh, an, an introvert. Yeah. Um, however, um, I get the confidence because I, I keep the promises I made to myself. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, this year for me personally, and I see a lot of our coaching clients that we've, that we've taken on is um, confidence is a challenge because, um, and I can relate with it this year is, is, is those decisions compound and make you confident uh, when you make those promises to yourself or keep the promises you make to yourself. But same thing on, on the other end, if you're constantly making bad mistakes, bad decisions, mm -hmm. um, and you don't have someone in your corner, that's like, hold on a second. Like, that's not a good decision, man. Like just call you out. Um, that compounds the other way, you know, yeah. um, do you see that being a big, like core thing with, with, with people when they're being coaches that their confidence is increasing and so better decisions than, than happen? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like, um, if you started a workout program and you were overweight, you never really worked out. And obviously like, if you stick with it, you're going to lose weight and you're going to be healthier. Right. But you're also going to feel better about yourself and it's mm. the same it's the same with business too, right? You're going to make more money, but then you're also going to feel better about yourself. And I think a big thing that you need to look for if you're looking for a coach, consultant, mentor, is not just look at the business side of it. Mm. Look at the the things that are going outside of the business, right? Like you got to, my opinion is that you got to look at the entire person 
So like they might be great at coaching people on how to grow to, you know, $10 million in revenue. But if their home life is a disaster, right? Like if their kids are addicted to drugs and their wife's cheating on them and whatever, you know, like these terrible things, mm -hmm. they have terrible relationships. There's one social media idiot that I saw and he's like, I have zero friends, like bragging about how he has zero friends. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? I like, am I allowed to curse on the show, by the way? No, no, it's good. It's all right. Okay. All right. I'm like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like you're bragging about not having friends when scientifically every scientific study shows that people who live the longest and are the happiest have a network of friends. Mm. Right. So um, you got to look at the, the advisor, the consultant, you got to look at their life as a whole and see like, does this person have the life outside of work that I also want? Because then the advice that they give you about business, you're going to know that that aligns more with what you want from life, not just financially, right? That's a huge thing that nobody ever talks about. Right? Yeah, that's a big one. So it's funny you mentioned that specific thing. I, I literally um, came from coffee with my my older brother this morning, and he's the GM of Cardinal, and um, a lot of great conversation. But we talked about that specifically where um, – we were just talking kind of man to man as brothers and how we want to um, actually elevate both of our families. And we're talking about the future and we're talking about next mm -hmm. year. And we're not even talking about just his family and my family, but our entire family and how we want mm -hmm. to be leaders and step up. And we feel like we could do it. Um, and it was really, really fun to talk about it. But um, one of the things we talked about was like every single thing that like every single day, the filter in which that we look at the day and we make decisions. Like if you're looking at, at that filter or like those, those decisions of, does it serve my team, my family, my future mm -hmm. self? Is it essential? Is it non-essential? And we're talking about how much better things happen when you look at it through that lens and you have that yeah. Yeah, slow down. Let's, let's, let's have some intention on how we are going to do this thing, this thing called life. Um, but to touch on your point even more, and he goes, but it's really hard to make those decisions and look through that lens when you're all by yourself, right. Or you're, mm -hmm. you're on an Island and, and, and things like that. And I really related that or with that a lot. So it's funny you mentioned that. Um, I want to uh, segue into um, um, a little bit about work-life balance because, you know, as um, you know, for me personally, um, you know, I would say I've, you know, I've put some of the priorities on the back burner, you know, and you, and, and then you find some but, other priorities and put them on the front burner. Um, what do you mean you put the priorities on the back burner? What you know, well, just, like with work-life balance in mind, um, you know, for me, you know, I think I've had a lot of time where probably over the past year and a half, two years where there wasn't a work-life balance. Um, it, it was, it was a hundred percent business, hundred percent success, hundred percent making money, hundred percent, mm -hmm. um, you know, almost like, you know, these, you know, everybody else, but let's say family, maybe spiritual, um, even health are put on the back burner because, okay. and then, and then lying to myself a little bit around, Hey, you know, I'm doing this for them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you, and then you end up a year and a half later and you're like, wait, I kind of was doing this for myself is kind of what happened. You know? Yeah. You are doing it for yourself. And, um, what I see, so I'm, I love talking about this. Um, what I see <clears throat> a lot of the times also with entrepreneurs, especially super driven entrepreneurs like you and me, is that we initially get into this because there's something else that we need to prove to the world, mm. right? Like I think every entrepreneur at one point has said, 
once I make this much money or once my bank account says this or once I have this much revenue, then I'll be X, right? Then I'll be mm -hmm. respected by people. Then I'll be taken seriously. Mm. Then I'll prove to my parents that I was worth something, that I'm not a scumbag, right? So many entrepreneurs have that story in their head and they don't really like admit it. So <clears throat> when you think about work-life balance, like think about like what what is it? And you feel like you're sacrificing aspects of your life that you care about. You have to really like ask yourself, like, what am I trying to prove, right? Mm. One of the things that I always talk about is that the business is a reflection of you personally. So if your business is a mess, then most likely there's some things that are going on that are also a mess. I'll give you a perfect mm -hmm. example. You know, we do uh, uh, essentially we do two consulting calls with the client before our potential client before we take them on. One of them is to look at the infrastructure in the business and the other one is to look at the financials. And then we tell them like, hey, this is what you need to be able to fix to get to where you want to go. So we're talking to this. I'm talking to this owner and I can tell that he's not telling me something. Right. Like he, there's something that's holding them back and that's essentially a crutch for him and it's hurting his ability to make good decisions. Hmm. So I'm in the call with his uh, one of his leadership team members. I put them in the waiting room. I'm like, dude, what is going on? Like, tell me what's going on. Don't bullshit me. Like there's something going on at home or something that's that's really hurting you right now. And it's hurting the business. Hmm. And he's like, uh, and then he finally tells me, he's like, my relationship with my teenage daughter is a fucking disaster. Mm. Right. Wow. He didn't get into the details of it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm like, okay, now I understand. Right. So <clears throat> before I get into your question about work-life balance specifically, I just want to also mention that what I believe is that, and what other people that I've learned this from also believe is that if you want to tr feel truly happy and successful, you essentially have to have happiness in four specific categories. You have to be, feel fulfilled and successful in four specific categories. The first one is your physical health. Now, my dad died of cancer. Uh, it'll be, it was 2007. So it'll be 17 years uh, in January. Which is about the time, um, so I'm sorry to hear that. Um, it must be tough, but that's about the time you started the business, the first one. Uh, it was about four months later. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it was 2007. It was like April, I think. Um, it was March. I can't remember. My dad died in January, 2007. So it'll be 17 years coming up. He had cancer. I got to see somebody who was young. He was 59. He played tennis every single day. Um, he was incredibly athletic and smart and like worked really hard. And all that shit goes out the window if you're sick or hmm. if somebody around you is sick. Nothing else matters, right? So the first thing that you have to do is you have to have good physical health. The second one is your mental health. Now, we already know that if you have high levels of stress and your blood pressure goes up, you're going to die. You're going to have a stroke. You're going to have a heart attack. So we know that mental health can impact your physical health. But what are the other things that happen if you don't have solid mental health? If you wake up angry every day, how do you think you are towards your, your wife? Or your kids, you think hmm. you're the best version of yourself? Definitely no. not. No, right? Now, and then how does that impact the people that you work with too? Do you think that you're the best hmm. leader? You ever walked into a room? This is I hope I am there's gonna be some people that this resonates with. You ever walk into the room and notice that your employees walk out of the room because you just entered? Because hmm. they don't want to be around you. 
you're not being the best leader when you're like that. If you're anxious, angry, uh, depressed, like whatever that is, it impacts everything else. The third one is your relationships with the people that you care about. That could be one person, it could be five people, it could be 500 people, it doesn't matter. There's no limit, right? Whatever your circle is, there's somebody in your life that you care about. It could be your mom, it could be your spouse, it could be your kids. And if that's it, that's it. That's totally okay. But you need to have good relationships with those people, even if it's a small circle. If that doesn't go well, like if you and Kristen have an argument in the morning, how does that affect the rest of your day, right? Oh, man. It can not only affect our day, but even Penelope going to school in the morning. Like, how is she? I, I noticed that one the most is like, yeah, you know, there's been, you know, if 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 something happens, even if it's slightly kind of negative, um, you know, Penelope's thinking about that. I mean, she's six years old now. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's thinking about that. And I can and I and I, you know, I wonder like, you know, how is that affecting her day today if that happens, you know? Well, it's um, absolutely so, affecting their day. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so like those things can can hundred percent impact everything else that's going on, right? Stress levels go up, mental health is affected. That happens and probably not physically, you're probably not the best as well. Mm-hmm. And then the last one that you have to be happy in is your business, right? Is you have to feel like we're moving in the right direction. Um, entrepreneurs thrive on progress, right? We don't like standing still. And so if you feel like things are moving in the right direction and the numbers are going well and you're making good money, then guess what? We're happy. The problem is that we think that once we have all this money, it'll fix all the other problems. And it doesn't work like that. It's the other direction. It goes health, mental health, relationships, business. You have Mm. those first three in order. The business is easy, man. You're able to solve problems for clients. You're able to go out and prospect. You're able to do everything that you say you're going to do. Your customers, your referrals start like just flowing in because you're doing such a great job, all because you have those first three things in order. The problem is that everybody neglects those three things. They neglect their physical health. That's like the first thing to go, right? Like how many of you guys out there started your business to gain 20 pounds in the first year? <laughs> a lot of you. I think I did gain 20 pounds uh, in, the first, in the first year. We should do some side-by-sides, <laughs> like fat Ryan and successful Ryan. <laughs> yeah. I definitely lost uh, some weight for sure. Um, I'm... I'm five nine. Just to throw this in there, um, yeah. Well, I'm, five, I'm five nine and a half. Just so everyone knows, but um, that half is very, very important. It's on my license. Um, but um, I got up to two hundred five. I think like two hundred five, and I'm like one sixty five now. Um, because I lost some weight. I'm getting ready to gain some muscle. Um, but um, but yeah, two hundred five at five nine is uh, you know, it's kind of wide. You're fat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm six foot and I'm 215. So you're only 10 pounds and I'm, I'm a little bit bigger. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyways. Yeah. So I, I can't remember. So let me just get back to the um, work-life balance question mm-hmm. because I think people that the concept of work-life balance is misunderstood by a lot of people. Work-life balance is a spectrum in the sense that based on who you are, where your stage in life is at and where your business is at, you might need to work 60, 70 hours a week. Right. And the balance like and that makes you happy and that's required. Right. So the balance is that if we were let's just use simple numbers, like if you had 40, um, let's just say there's 100 hours in a week because it's going to be easier for the math. All right. Let's just say, oh, I I know how to phrase this better. So you have one week and it's represented by 100 percent of the time. 70 percent of that time goes to work. 30 percent of the time goes to family, health um, relationships, those types of things, mental health, right. And that's, what's required. And that is okay for you. 
Now, somebody might look at you and say, oh, my God, Ryan, like you have no work life balance. No, that's a, no, that's like that's Ryan's work life balance. Mm -hmm. That's what's required of him. As long as you are feeling happy, fulfilled and successful in health, mental health, relationships and business, it doesn't matter. Right. That whatever that definition of, of work life balance is for you at that moment is OK. We need to stop judging other people for their version of work life balance in that moment. Mm -hmm. Right. If you have small children and you need to be home by five every day or even three or maybe you have to work from home quite a bit, that's what's required. Right. The, the key is that you have to have an understanding with the people that you're with. Right. So you have to have an understanding with your spouse and your kids. Right. And let them know, like, hey, this is what is this OK for you? I was listening to this video of this guy named Dave Meltzer. Um, he does. Uh, he's like financial consultant, investor, whatever. I've heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. He's a nice guy. Um, and so I, I was listening to this video of him and he says um, every night he comes home and he spends 30 minutes with each of his kids. He's like three kids. And then another 30 minutes completely un un uninterrupted. And this is every day. So, you know, he has like three kids plus his wife. Right. So that's two hours uninterrupted time that he gets to spend with his family. Now, some people might look at that and be like, that's crazy. You're only going to spend 30 minutes with each of those kids. But that's the agreement that they have that works for their family, right? The kids might only have 30 minutes or want 30 minutes because they're teenagers and they want to go do, I don't know, whatever the hell they do. Um, so it's different, right? And maybe in 10 years that changes. And I, probably in 10 years, this kid will be out of the house. It'll just be him and his wife. And maybe every night him and his wife go have you know dinner some fancy restaurant for two hours that's their definition of work-life balance so the key components are one you have to recognize that everybody's version of work-life balance is different and so stop criticizing other people and also stop trying to blindly emulate somebody else's work-life balance because you don't know the agreements that they have inside the house which is the second second point you have to have an understanding with the people that you love that this is our version of work-life balance right now. And if you feel happy and I feel happy and we're st still able to accomplish our goals, then it works for us, right? Those are the if keys. I can stop you just for a sure. second there um, to kind of dig into it, because I think this is just, just for me, it's resonating a lot with where I'm at in life. Um, mm -hmm. And one of the things that I think is probably, you know, and I want to get your, your feedback, but it seems like the, one of the most important things in all of this is communication with the people around you, mm -hmm. you know, as, as the leader, as the entrepreneur, that's kind of spearheading, I guess, you know, certain things, or maybe if you're just the man of the house or whatever, um, like if, if you don't properly communicate to your, to your circle, like what's going on, what season we're in, what we're doing with business, where we want to go with the family and get buy-in and, and, and get feedback. It seems like that would be, um, pretty important. Wouldn't you do the same thing in your business if you were making a bunch of changes in the business? <laughs> no, you just, no, no. Who cares about you, that, right? Do you see, do you see the two? Do you see how they're correlated? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's all, dude, this stuff is connected, man. I'm telling you, like the way that you're able to communicate and get everybody on the same page in your household or with your circle of friends, if you're not mm -hmm. married or something like that, it's super, super important because it relates to what you're going to do in the business. You might have these amazing plans, depending on how many employees you have. You might need the help of all of those employees to implement your great plans. 
And if you don't have everybody on board, guess what? It ain't going to get done. You have to be able to communicate and get people on the same page. It's crucial, both at home and in the office. And I'll tell you, because I, I work with my wife um, and we're both very, very stubborn. And so a lot of times I'll present an idea that I know is right because I've been in business a lot longer than she has. Yeah. But there's diplomacy. You have to figure out how to negotiate. You have to figure out hmm. how to convince somebody else that your way is the way. Right? <laughs> that takes skill, man. When you're like talking yeah. about management and leadership, like that type of leadership and communication is very, very difficult, but it's crucial. Like if you want to accomplish something big, you got to be able to do this. Do you feel like that, that, um, like with your wife, when you're, um, when you're seeding vision of plans and different things like that, mm -hmm. and you, you get a little bit of pushback, healthy pushback is fine. Um, yeah. but, um, do you feel like that's a similar, um, conversation that you have maybe with somebody, you know, like an executive at the team or uh, someone in leadership? It's a similar situation. Um, spouse is going to be different, obviously, you know, like, um there's more behind the scenes that's going on and there's also more emotional triggers right um perfect examples if you guys have an argument in the morning about something completely unrelated to work and then you have a work meeting and she might say something and you're already on level nine right and then it just explodes you're just laughing because you know what i'm talking yeah, about yeah yeah i've been there <laughs> anybody who works with their spouse knows what i'm talking about um but yeah, so it's going to be a little bit different, that dynamic, just because we've got a lot of other things that are tied together with your spouse as opposed to the people in the office. But if it's somebody in the office that's stubborn, right, the first thing that you have to ask yourself is, am I wrong? Is it possible that I'm wrong? Mm. Right? You yeah. got to check. Remember the song back in the year? You're younger than me. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Oh, come check, on, man. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. I know that one. Okay. Um. You have to ask, like, am I, is it possible that I'm wrong? Is it possible that this other person has the right answer because of their experience or their knowledge? Right. Mm -hmm. So that should be the instinct is like, maybe I'm wrong about this. And then you have to talk through it and analyze it and see if it's clear. Here's the secret. If it's clear that you have the right answer and they're going down the wrong path, if you tell them, Hey, I'm right. You're wrong. What do you think they're going to do? Well, you're going to get what you're asking for there. You're going to get some defensiveness, it's right? Gonna, yeah, you're going to get defensive. Argumentative. Same, same if somebody asked that to me or said that to me, like, dude, you're wrong. And then guess what? I'm digging my heels in and now it's going to be a bad, right? Yeah, yeah. So the first thing is you got to neutralize that, right? They got to get us on the same page because guess what? We're trying to solve the same problem. We're just attacking that problem from a different viewpoint. Mm -hmm. Okay. So instead of telling them what to do, you can start asking them questions to poke holes in what they perceive as the correct answer so that they can see, oh, maybe I'm not considering the big picture. So you, what I would recommend, and this is like a writer downer, is you ask somebody like, okay, I like that. Have you considered if this happens or what would you do if? Because the, the, the reason why they're probably going down the wrong path is they're not considering all the other possible scenarios so it's your job as the leader to start asking them questions mm -hmm. so that they can see oh wow i didn't consider that and you'll literally hear people say oh i didn't think about that right and then they'll be like okay well i would do this okay well that sounds awesome i love the direction that we're going 
So what are we, what's the, what's this, what's the next step if this happens? And they're going to be like, Ooh, I didn't think about that either. Now we got to go over here. And eventually, like I'm using my fingers to kind of to use an example, eventually they're going to ping pong back and forth. And guess what? They're probably going to find the same answer that you came up, came up with, or collectively you're going to come up with a better, a better answer to get. Mm. It takes strong emotional intelligence and patience and leadership skills to be able to do this. It's not easy to do again, but it's what we signed up for. Right. So if you really want to be able to communicate and get people on the same page, that's like the, a big, huge skill that you need to learn when it comes to employees. You can use the same thing at home. I, I won't talk about that. <laughs> no, I love that a lot. Uh, it makes a lot of a lot of sense. It's also it's like being self-aware. It's also mm -hmm. there's a lot of respect in there, too, like respecting the people around you and their mm -hmm. opinions and the way that they want to have a conversation maybe about about that thing. Mm -hmm. Um you know, a lot of respect in there too, a lot of patience. Um, you know, I think a lot of us entrepreneurs can move pretty fast. And um, I know when I'm in those spaces, because, you know, I've had a lot of great moments as well. Um, and, you know, you look back at those moments and and for me, at least, I think I look back and I'm like, okay, what are the things I did? Because I had, hey, that was a great moment, man. I mean, you know, you know, it was a great solution that we came to, a uh, great conversation and things like this. I think back, it's patience, and, you know, as I'm listening to you, it's becoming more clear. Patience is in there. Hey, slowing down. I'm intentional about the words I'm going to use and not going to use. All of those things. Um, and I like what you said, emotional intelligence. Um, mm -hmm. And that usually I feel like has been like an HR thing sometimes, right? It's like emotional intelligence and HR. Um, why Why do you think Why do you think that? Oh, I've just seen a bunch of books. Like, like did, you read, did you read any of the books? Yeah, you know, and hey, I got one right here actually. There's uh, actually a book called Emotional Intelligence. It's yeah, a must like read. HR. Um, gosh, I'd have to find it. Um, anyways, um, I I do have a book. It's uh, Emotional Intelligence, and then it, I don't know. I talked. It talked about some HR stuff, I guess. Anyways, um, yeah, right. You know, I feel like you find that a lot of you know a lot in the HR side of things, um, and less in the um, like the leadership side. I don't know. Um, it's just kind of what I took from it, but that might you, just be the social media algorithm that you're stuck in. Yeah. <laughs> Could you talk on emotional intelligence for a second? Like what have is you that? Ever read, have you read, ever read anything from Marcus Aurelius? Um, yes. He's, uh, does a lot about, uh, um, oh, what's I the name? Was the most as well from him or not from him um from a guy that studies him meditations uh, meditations uh ryan holiday yep yeah. so i got a daily dad one you should read the actual meditations by marcus aurelius um it's a must and it's actually yeah so like it's called meditations yeah it's such a good book um and it's so relevant for today but that's an example of um, emotional intelligence. A lot of what he talks about is emotional intelligence. Hmm. Emotional intelligence is tied to leadership. You know, you you are essentially you, like you are in control of your emotions. Um, you ever met somebody? I remember back in the '90s, they would have these T-shirts and it would say like, uh, "I'm Italian," right? Like, I do this because I'm Italian, right? And they're they yeah, yeah. Say, like, I, I'm, I can't control myself because I'm this. I'm Italian, so I'm angry all the time. Um, 
And that is like anti-emotional intelligence. The, the, it, what I believe is that everybody has, is responsible and in control of their own emotional state. Right. So like somebody drive, uh, cut you off on the freeway. Like, what do I do? I want to chase them down the freeway, drag them out of the car, beat, beat the shit out of them <laughs> or gasoline on them, light them on fire. That's what I want to do. Can right. I do that? No. Should I even get angry about it? No, I control my response to that. Hmm. Another thing is like if a crazy person comes up to you and says, Ryan, you're an absolute piece of shit human. Your business is fake. Right. And like if this is a stranger and they're homeless and they're crazy, like, what are you going to do? How's your, what's your response going to be to that person? You just got to keep going. Yeah, you just keep going, yeah, right? Yeah. But if Kristen said the same thing to you, what happens? Man. You're going to get know upset. What? It's game time. No, yeah. You're going no, yeah, to get upset. It hit me in a different spot for sure. It hits you in a different spot. But why? Why is your response so much different? Maybe because I, I care about that person's opinion, maybe. You know, or yeah, right. That's my. It's first totally thought. rational to get upset about it, but you ultimately are still in control of your response to that situation. Mm. So you can choose to get really upset and automatically fly off the handle, and it's really hard when it's somebody that you care about. Like if it's mm -hmm. maybe it's your parents or like your brother this morning, and he's like, Ryan, you're driving this business into the ground. I hate working with you. It's the worst decision I ever made. Right. There's going to be a lot of weight carried that you're going to be like, oh, man, I feel terrible about myself. But at the end of the day, you're still in control of how you respond to that stimuli, right? And to me, that's what emotional intelligence is. Mm, you yeah. have, as a leader, you have to know how to control your emotions because shit is breaking all the freaking time. <laughs> employees don't show up. Employees leave. Employees leave and take your customers. Right? These things happen to me all the time. Yeah. I've had it happen too, you know. <laughs> exactly, right? People trashing you and like trashing your name in the industry for no reason. Right? This stuff right. happens. You have to be able to control your emotions and respond in a rational manner. It's super, super important. Yeah. Um, I, I I've actually tuned into a lot of uh the Ryan Holiday uh mm -hmm. his stuff, but um I've been I've been wanting to uh not get his interpretation right of of uh of things um so meditation yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna check that one out Good. um i like that a lot um one of the biggest things i've taken away from ryan holiday's um content is um and it's been helping me a lot is is what is essential what's not essential you know mm -hmm. and it feeds into what you were saying too because i see something online or for or or if i'm doing something i'm like you know, is this essential? Like, and then, and then I ask myself like, well, what does essential mean to me right now? Well, it's like, okay, yeah. my marriage, my, you know, my, my relationship with my kids, um, building friendships, um, new friendships. Um, and what's funny is like started thinking about this, boom, this, this new friendship, uh, kind of sprouted up from church and great, mm -hmm. great people that just moved here from California. I'm like, Oh, Hey, we're from California. Oh, he happens to golf. Um, oh, he happens to just started an e-com agency and wanted some help with some ideas on marketing. And then he's really in a good place spiritually. I'm like, man, this is interesting. I think just like the massive action creates massive clarity, I think, you know, mm -hmm. and doing these just the right thing every day or trying <clears throat> to focus on that. Um, it's pretty incredible what, what happens. Like you just said, you do one, two and three and Hey, things start happening in, yeah. in a good way, you know? And exactly. so I love all of this. Um, I want to uh, chat a little bit more about it. Um, we don't have too much more time, um, about five minutes or so. Um, so I, I have one question and then I have five um, or a few rapid fire questions, that, um, which you have to grab your seat. Um, but uh, 
when you think about, because you mentioned the spouse a little bit, right? Um, what do you think, like, the, just the best way to like have a system, like, like if you have a business with your spouse, whether mm -hmm. they're a partner or they're not legally a partner, but they should be. Uh, I see that a mm -hmm. lot too in home services. Mm -hmm. um, but um, like, what is the best way to go about that? Like, um, you know, I hear, you know, a couple of things. Never do it. If you do do it, do it this way. If you do do it, do it this way. Like, do you think people should be getting into business with their spouses? And then if they do kind of, what are some suggestions, some tips and tricks to kind of make yeah, it? Yeah, I, I think this is one of those questions where the answer is it depends, right? And because it, mm -hmm. it's unique to every couple, not every couple is the same. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that my relationship, my working relationship with my wife is perfect by any stretch. Like we have arguments all the freaking time about work. Um, it's not easy no matter what. You just have to communicate. You have to decide. And, and I would recommend, like, because we're basically at the end of the year, right? And so if you're smart, you're starting to do your annual planning, or you started this already, but uh, you're starting to do your annual planning for what we want to accomplish next year. Do an inventory and figure out if the things that you want, both inside and outside of the business, are the same. Mm. So let's just use an example. I just learned this the other day. Um, Ryan, give me one thing that you would love to do with your family by the end of next year. So it's December 31st, 2024, and you're reflecting back on the year and the things that you were able to do with your family. What's the one thing we're like, this would be amazing. Like if we could do well, this one you, thing. I know it. And it actually doesn't involve everyone. It just involves Kristen and I. Okay. Um, we've never, and we just celebrated our fifth year in marriage uh, in September. We've never so, gone on a honeymoon. Ever. Because when we- okay. When we got married, we had the baby and the business just started and we were like, right. should we go on vacation? You know, so anyway, broke and like trying to make it happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that, that would be something that we've talked about that we want to do next okay. year. It's just her and I. So first thing, let's, I love that idea. So what would you, for, to be able to take a, a honeymoon next year at some point, what are some of the things like for, if, if, at the, if by December 31st, 2024, you've gone on your honeymoon and then we think back. What are all the things that have happened that have allowed us to take that honeymoon? Just list them off. One of them is um, we've we've restructured our management team, okay. um, and so pouring into them and 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 really supporting them to get them self sufficient. Um, so your management team is self sufficient. That's something mm -hmm. that's happened that allows you to do the honeymoon. Yep. Give me something else. Um, I would say um, we are building some new systems with um, some production services. Okay. Um, SEO, Google ads, um, give, yeah, me something, so, give me something on the personal side. Oh, on the personal side. Um, yeah. I would say, um, my wife, uh, you know, I think what would actually make that more enjoyable and even happen is, um, for me as the man of the house, the leader of the, you know, of what we're doing here, um, is to be more consistent and disciplined in a few areas, which is, uh, spiritual fitness, um, and that's well, okay. also that's the relationship side, like one, two, and three, but mainly in just consistency with some of my personal kind of uh, goals, um, I think would 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 help um, okay. that happen. That's good high level. So let's mm -hmm. bring it down. Like very simply, when do you guys have to both agree on a destination? That would be a good idea. That, yeah. That would be a great and idea. <laughs> probably have to agree on the dates. I was right? thinking way too different. No, okay. you're the, you know, it's fine. I like where your head goes. You're the visionary, right? 
probably um, have to decide on the dates. Yeah. You probably date. have to decide on the budget. Right. So these are some yeah. other things that need to happen in order for you guys to be able to take that honeymoon. Correct. True. So if you guys meet together, let's say we're both going to take the honeymoon and you say, I'm going to go in June. And she's like, I want to go in February because <laughs> I can go in February because that's when we don't have any conferences going on. I'm like, no, I want to go in June because that's when the weather's great. Right. And it's a little slow in the industry. If you guys have completely different visions on when you want to take this honeymoon, is it going to happen? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not no. going to happen. So that's an example of when you work with your spouse, you guys have to be on the same page. Mm. So I would say have a meeting and write down all the things that you want to accomplish by the end of next year. Mm. Each of you do that. And you write something in each of those four categories, your physical health, mental health, relationships, and business. I love that. It's then you like get together. Vision. Yeah, it's a vision. Oh, what happened? Did you cut out there? No, I'm here. Are you okay. here? It's on my screen. I can't see you. Oh. Um, it might, maybe it's my internet connection. Um, so, so you have this meeting where you share each other's visions or goals for the end of next year. And then you figure out like, where do we meet in the middle? And when the ones that you do meet on and that you both agree, okay, cool. Let's, let's, let's do this together. I'm not going to stop you from accomplishing your goals, but these ones we have in common. So we're on the same page. Um, so what do we do? What do you do, Chris, if one of the people don't agree? Yep. You have to decide. This is where compromise comes in. Mm. Right? So maybe the honeymoon can't happen this year. Maybe we got to push it off to next year. Or maybe instead of a, like a two-week honeymoon, maybe we just do like a three-day uh, retreat. You know, maybe we can do three three-day retreats, just the two of us throughout the course of the year instead of a two week long vacation. I like that. You know? Options. So throwing maybe, options out there. Maybe you, maybe you, Ryan, need to change some of your objectives in the business or the timelines so that you can then do something that's super important for Kristen. Mm, mm. Right? Because Ryan's not yeah. always going to get his way. It's not it's not happy husband, happy life. Right. It's happy wife, happy life. Happy wife, happy life. That's right. So so you might have to compromise there. And some of those you might have to throw out. Now, on the business side, if you have completely different visions of what you want to do in the business, if you're like, I'm going 100 hours in, I want to build this business. We're two years away from selling for 50 million. And she's like, I don't want to do this anymore. Then that's the time when you have to figure out how to do that split. And that's okay. You know, you can make it happen. Your $50 million exit in two years might change to three years, but still in the big picture, who cares? Right. Right. Yeah. It's, I it's love a little it. bit easier to replace the business, replace the business than it is a spouse. Yeah. I think. I think. No, I agree. I, you know, I agree. Um, you know, unless you're like a rapper, you know, like the rapper seems to not have an issue with it, but no. It's um, okay. Let's think of it a different way. It is impossible to replace a child. That's right? correct. Yeah, so that, if you're sacrificing your relationship with your children, that's how you can't get that time back. So yeah. Sometimes you have to reprioritize, that's and that's so okay, true. right? That's so true. All right, uh, let's uh, two minutes here. Uh, rapid, rapid fire. Yeah, rapid fire. Favorite book and why? I knew you were going to ask me this one. Uh, <laughs> e, e, e myth. I just uh, re uh, recommended it to another new entrepreneur. The E myth. Revisited. Yeah, I know you got it. The E myth revisited. I it's a must. It's a must read for every entrepreneur because it talks about the difference between. Uh, an employee's mindset and an owner's mindset, you have to understand this. It's very, very important. In uh, a follow-up on that one is, uh, what year did you first read that one? 
probably probably 2013. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Um favorite movie and why? Goodwill Hunting. It's an older movie. I, no, I, I read yesterday it's 27 years old cuz I relate to that story, man. I mean, I'm not obviously not a genius. I am very very smart. Uh <laughs> wicked smart. Um but uh no, I'm not a genius, but I relate to that story and the abuse and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. so, and the way that he comes out of it. Okay. Um, favorite um, event that you've gone to and why? Like conference, things like that. And it, uh, business, and it can't related? be your own event. Business related? Any event. Any event. Um, I would say when, so, you know, my dad had cancer and then I started mentoring this kid whose mom was sick with cancer. And then six months after I met him, she died of cancer, breast cancer in uh 2000 and year was that it was 2012 it was the same year i started no yeah it was december 9th 2012 so tomorrow will be the six year anniversary hmm. i don't know i can't do that um so georgina died and then um her son patrick at the time he was 13 he was the kid i was mentoring and uh seeing him graduate from high school and going to his high school graduation was was really really special Love that, man. Um, most impactful mentor or coach you've you've ever had previously or or or, or currently? Uh, I think most people would say their dad, um, but I've had so many mentors along the way that it's hard for me to pick just one. And it's just one of those things where the mentor come, you know, like that the teacher appears when the student is ready. I've had mm -hmm. so many mentors that just appear when the time is right. You know, so like the people, the, the person that mentored me to get to a half a million, you know, is very different from my mentors today, mm -hmm. but they're all incredibly valuable at that point. So it's hard for me to say. Yeah. Different seasons. Um, favorite season of the year and why? Summertime. I live in California because we only have essentially one season. You skip the <laughs> shitty ones. <laughs> and, and. I know you got some, you know, some guns under there, you know, and yeah. so I imagine you want to show those bad boys, you know, around a little bit, you know, you know, uh, what do they say? Sun's out, guns out. Sun's out, guns out, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, final rapid fire question. Um, favorite or most impactful moment in your life that just, just completely changed the game for you? Well, uh, my dad dying obviously was the most impactful one. You know, I was three days, three days before I turned 27. And I remember laying in the hospital or sitting in the hospital with him while he was sick. Um, and, uh, when he, when they released him for hospice, you know, I, I went to the house early. I set up the bed. It's just like a surreal moment when you realize this is the bed that your parent is going to die in. I was there, you know, while he took his last breath. Actually, I woke everybody up because it was around 11 o'clock at night and just something told me to wake up. I woke up and then he had about an hour and 20 minutes left. And then just being there in the room while he took his last breath, hmm. that had a massive, that changed, completely changed the tra trajectory of my life and the way that I thought about everything. Um, I would say just to follow up with that, you know, like it was really, really difficult for me. And I'm not like a woo-woo kind of guy. I don't know if you've gotten that. Maybe you're, I don't know if your listeners have gotten that, but I'm not like a woo-woo kind of guy. Like, um, I'm a scrappy dude, you know, and, but 
I couldn't deal with that grief. So for two years, like I just kept falling into this black hole and I was killing myself. And uh, I had to decide whether or not, because I didn't want, I didn't know if I wanted to live anymore. Mm -hmm. I had to decide, do I continue down this path or do I try and turn it around? And then I kind of recognized, you know, my dad wouldn't be happy if I killed myself. So I decided to reach out and I found a therapist, which was incredibly intimidating at the time. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and she saved my life. So like basically having that moment where for me at the point, at that point, it was a rock bottom and kind of making that decision that I was going to find a way to get better. That was another massively defining moment for me, but it, it also stemmed back from my dad. Mm -hmm. Man. Well, I've heard you mention your dad a lot. So, um, yeah. I know your dad's probably listening and, uh, what was your dad's name? Bob. Yeah. Well, shout out to Bob, man. Um, and Bob, I know you're listening. And so hopefully you are, uh, smiling somewhere and, uh, appreciate you, Bob. Um, cause, uh, without Bob shoot, man, we wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't have the, the relationship with you and, yeah. um, you know, so love you, Bob. And, uh, love you too, man, for your time. Um, a lot of our conversations offline, um, have been, you know, just super impactful for me. This has been great as well. Just, I mean, I've got, I've got so many notes here that I'm going to debrief with myself, um, probably in a couple hours, but, um, great. yeah, man, appreciate your time. Um, if there was just one piece of advice that you want to leave with, uh, with the folks, um, anything and everything that you want to share, just one. Well, it's going to be, this is my new board that I put up. It says, uh, be curious, not judgmental. It comes from Ted Lasso. If you never watched Ted Lasso, try and find that scene. Um, I think it's so applicable to today and to what you experience in business and in life. Everybody wants to be right. I don't get what it is. Like people are like dying to be right and to be heard and like fighting with each other over fucking nothing. You mm -hmm. know, it's like, mm -hmm. just, just ask some questions. Like people are good people, you know? So just ask questions, be curious, not judgmental. That's what you get for today. Maybe next week it'll be something. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, if, if anybody wants to come find, you see what you're up to anything uh what's the best place for them to come find you instagram facebook yeah so uh our instagram we're, we're doing a lot more content now so uh dude agency or at dudeagency.io is our instagram and then you can follow me chris from dude is my instagram i don't really post much i just repost what they send me um <laughs> and then i have a podcast as well it's called operation agency freedom i i will tell you that we work only with marketing agencies um but i talk a lot about uh on my podcast leadership and just i don't know i kind of just bullshit sometimes so if you just want to go and hear a different perspective and learn some, some cool stuff you can go listen to my podcast operation agency freedom love it all right man thank you so much thanks everyone Mike. have a great weekend see you guys bye Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.